0: Good morning, Net World, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series titled, According to the Pattern. And our scripture text is the book of Exodus, chapter 25, verses 8 through 9, where God is speaking to Moses. And he says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Yes, there are three patterns that I find in the Tabernacle of Moses. The first one is the pattern of the way, the second is the pattern of the value, and the third is the pattern of the time. And we've been discussing the pattern of the way. I'll give you a quick review to catch you up, and then we'll begin where we left off yesterday. The Tabernacle of Moses was 100 cubits by 50 cubits, or if we're talking in our measurements of feet, it would be about 150 feet long and 75 feet wide. And the tabernacle was placed so that one of the short sides was facing east and the other facing west. On the east side was a gate, and it was the only way into the tabernacle. And in the pattern of the way, the gate represents the narrow gate. And the pattern of the way was the way to find God. The first stop is the gate on the east end. And it represents the baptism of repentance. For godly sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to salvation. It's the first baptism in the life of a Christian. It's the baptism that brings you to Christ. Then as we enter the gate, we enter what's called the outer court of the tabernacle. And the first item we see is the brazen altar. It's where the animals are sacrificed for the covering of sins. This brazen altar represents the sacrifice of death or the wages of sin being death. But Jesus paid the price for us, and if we receive him as our Lord, then all our sins are forgiven. This represents the baptism into the body of Christ. It's the second baptism in the life of a Christian. Once saved, we continue to head west and we find the next piece of furniture called the brazen laver. The brazen laver was a giant, solid brass bowl of water for cleansing, and it stands for the cleansing of the washing of the water of the word. It also represents the third baptism in the life of a Christian. It's the baptism in water. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The cleansing water is the word of God. Jesus instructed his disciples to baptize the saints in water as a ceremony of declaration of who we are in him. So we were first baptized with the baptism of repentance that brought us to him. He then paid our sins through his sacrifice by accepting his gift, and he instantly baptized us into his body, being the body of Christ, the second baptism. We became his representatives, new creatures, born again, saints of god doing his work and sharing his love and water baptism is a public display of satan's defeat however even after water baptism we must continue to travel west effectively and that would take staying in his word and grow by the watering of the word of god and as we head west we come to the door of the sanctuary which contains two rooms the first room is the holy place and the second room is the Holy of Holies. But in order to get in, we need to go through the door. And the door represents the fourth baptism, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a baptism of power for service. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, in the Amplified Version, says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, And Samaria, and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. This was not only the beginning of the church, but it is the baptism for service in the church. It's the fourth baptism, the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, the first baptism brings you. That's the baptism of repentance. And the second baptism joins you. That's the baptism into the body of Christ. And the third baptism shows you. That's the baptism in water. And the fourth baptism empowers you. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 in the Amplified Version says, I indeed baptize you in and with water because of repentance. That is because of your changing your minds for the better, heartily amending your ways with aberrance of your past sins. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy or fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The simple direction is that this power is necessary to be effective witnesses for him. I'll say it this way. In order to be fully effective and empowered for service in his kingdom, there is more than just being saved. We must also be filled, endued, clothed, and empowered. What was his commandment? Do not enter the door without being clothed or endued. Some say this is not necessary. Some say this is no longer available. However, he said, don't go anywhere until you get it. Even Paul said, have you heard? When the disciples in Jerusalem heard of some who did not know about it, and they immediately sent Peter and John. We find that in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem Heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Have you received the fourth baptism? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Have you been filled with the Spirit? Are you endued and clothed with the power? Are you ready for service in the sanctuary? Have you received the gift of speaking with other tongues? Would you like to enter the door for service in the sanctuary? Well, we don't have time to cover all the depth of this baptism in this series, but if you're interested, you can get the details in my book titled, Is It Okay to Pray in Tongues in Church? You can find it at most all online book sale companies. So remember Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9, God is speaking to Moses and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so you shall make it now as Jesus continues to lead us west we now enter the door into the first room of the sanctuary the first thing we notice is the golden candlestick on the left it's the most obvious because it's providing light for the entire room This candlestick is made of pure gold. It is not made of burning candles, but it is a lampstand of seven lighted oil lamps. It is not candles that burn by self-consumption, but lamps that burn by a continual supply of oil being poured into them. This room is 10 cubits wide, 20 cubits long, and 10 cubits tall. In our measurements, that would be 15 feet wide, 30 feet long, and 15 feet high. This room, called the Holy Place, represents the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a type, an example, an object lesson or visual aid, representing the sanctuary, the service, and the operation of the Church. Jesus said, Go nowhere, do nothing, say nothing, until you be endued or clothed with power from on high, which is the fourth baptism. The baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire is also known as being filled with the Spirit, as it says in Luke, chapter 24, verse 49, and the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. If we have received the fourth baptism, we are ready for our growth and service as his body on the earth. We are now the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, his ambassadors, official ambassadors for the kingdom of God on the earth. We have a job to do. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 18 through 21, says this. Now all things are of God, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But there is more, a lot more. We have so much to learn, many tools to acquire, and services to perform. The pure golden candlestick has seven lamps, and it represents the operation of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, on the earth. And Jesus said it would be better for him to leave. In John chapter 16, verses 7 through 14, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. He is the power of God in manifestation on the earth today. He is our helper, our guide, our authority, and our anointing for service. We need him. We must have him, the fourth baptism, to be fully effective in the preaching of the gospel, to be aware of things to come. His anointing upon us as we go forth as ambassadors in the ministry of reconciliation will convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus said, go nowhere until you be endued with the power of his Spirit. The golden candlestick tells us of the advantages. Kevin J. Connor writes this, The church is not merely to be a candle or to give candlelight, but it is to be a lampstand, shedding forth divine light by a continual supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. The chief purpose of the lampstand was to give light and to illumine all that was in the sanctuary. First, it is light, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3-4 through four, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Well, our time is up. We'll see you tomorrow. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Masters House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site.